0: that would hit a leap if you I uh, you know, like this time his fans is loud, you know, like uh, it's important for me, you know, like a uh, long time I didn't listen this, this, yeah, um, yeah, this is huge, you know, like uh, thank you, thank you again for all the fans. Bad fan morning sports Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Ben and his friend Gunning so it was less than a month ago mm. December 29th Take me back Ilya Samsonov Allowing six goals, including the overtime winner in Columbus, mm-hmm. to lose six five to the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Maple Leafs waved goodbye potentially forever. Like the rest of the National Hockey League, had an opportunity they did to grab Ilya Samsonov, the guy with the near nine twenty save percentage a season ago that outdueled Andre Vasilevsky through six games in the first round of the postseason last year. Mm-hmm. No, predictably, nobody took that opportunity. He passed through waivers. He was a Marley in name only for like a week and a half fast forward <laughs> uh yesterday building off his previous two starts since returning mm-hmm. to the Toronto Maple Leafs with his best performance of the season like up there among his best performances as a Toronto Maple Leaf which means among the best performances of his entire career as the Maple Leafs win one nothing over the Winnipeg Jets, Brian.
1: What a what a great performance from him, uh, both on the ice and then post game. He's talking about he could cry here in the chance. I also would have accepted just the straight up Kirk Cousins. You like that? Yeah, you like that because yeah. I very much did like that. I mean, this is the nature of goaltending. We talked about it a little bit yesterday with how many guys would you bank on, and you know I'm not I'm not throwing him in that bucket yet. Far far <laughs> from it, but. It's voodoo, it's Pixie Dust, it's the it's the Matthew McConaughey from Wolf of Wall Street, it's a Fugazi, it's a Wazi, it's a Woozy, it's a whoosh, okay, like this is what goaltending is in the NHL. Guys can lose it in an instance, and apparently, not in an instance, apparently it's the the week of like the Marley spa down there at Coca-Cola Coliseum. Again, maybe I need to get down there. You know, I could have a reset in my life occasionally. Uh is what I what we all need. But this is this is the nature of goaltending and you know, I think this is obviously the most extreme example we've kind of seen recently of it. We've seen the other side of things where Campbell's great here and loses it in Edmonton and never seems to refind it or slowly working his way back. But it's just the nature of the position. And it is remarkable to see how much he's been able to find himself again. But it's also not because much like for a goal scorer, once it starts going in, Or with baseball hitting is contagious. And, you know, I know some people don't actually believe that. But with a goaltender. Once the puck starts hitting you, and you feel a little more confident, you don't need – because what is one of the the biggest criticisms we've had of Samsonov throughout this? It's been the overcommitting, the swimming, the losing his net. That, to me, seems like a guy who's super desperate to make every single save he has to make. And you get a little confidence. You can breathe a little easier. You're not flying out of your net. You're not losing your crease. And he was remarkable last night. And throw in the fact that he did it with a high-wire act because there were no goals in the whole game. Good job
0: by you. Yeah, Leafs hold on to their uh, their record streak of not being shut out, which is many many years in the making. And it's, made I didn't think about that last night. Yeah, actually. it was they were hanging on. It's like, and I guess I mean that's that's still count. It, there's no goal scored if it's zero zero going to shootout, and you get the the, the one goal yeah. for the shootout victory. Right? Like that's a shutout, isn't yes. it? Or is it not?
1: I no, don't. I, I'm pretty sure uh, legally or you know technically, I guess yeah. is a better term. I don't think it's legal. <laughs>
0: I, and maybe there's a Freaky Friday thing happening because Dennis Hill to be yesterday gave up six uh, goals against in Cleveland. Oh, you're man! For the who they just had <laughs> to get in a game. Well, I mean, the same reason that <laughs> I, I know Ilya Samsonov can now be considered. <laughs> I don't. I, I said it was 50, 50. Martin Jones started game one of a postseason series a week ago. I, Where are I'm we at
1: today on that? Sixty
0: percent that Ilya Samsonov starts game one now, right? Like I okay, this sounds like no, I'm being fickle not. here. It's not okay. And sure, it could all change on Saturday when he makes yet another consecutive start because there's absolutely no way that he's not making the final start of the first half for Uh, the Maple Leafs after his best performance. We don't
1: want to to put too much on him. Yeah, Yeah. no, I don't think that's happening. I
0: I mean, it could all go haywire on Saturday, but (laughs) as far as your faith in goaltenders is concerned, or at least I'll just speak for myself. Uh, personally, Mm -hmm. he's as close to all the way back as you can be for a guy who had, yes, one incredible season, but that was the best season of his career by far Mm -hmm. last year. And a guy that was a former first round pick that was waved goodbye by the drafting team, not qualified as a restricted free agent. So yes, I was pretty confident that you would get at least an average level of play from him this year, but it's not like, It was not a a zero percent possibility that what we got from him the first couple of months of the season was going to happen. I'm I'm right back to where I was at the beginning of the year with this guy. This guy can be one of the elite goaltenders in the sports. Why he was drafted in the first round Mm -hmm. overall, or uh, not overall, but in the first round uh, when he was selected by the Washington Capitals, and he was great last season in a high pressure environment of a Toronto Maple Leafs team trying to win a a Stanley Cup, play a Mm -hmm. Stanley Cup, and Try and win a first round for the first time in the Austin Matthews tenure and the first time in 20 years. I'm right back there. I will agree with most of what you're saying with one big caveat. And I threw
1: it out yesterday. I don't feel any differently about it today. I need to see what version of Ilya Samsonov hits the ice Monday, February 5th, at home after a week off, more than a week off. Against the Islanders, I don't think the Islanders are some juggernaut that you're scared of. Although I I have mentioned this point that I think Patrick now coaching them is like a monster in a horror movie just coming to kill mm. the entirety of the Eastern Conference. But I don't think that's going to happen as of two weeks from now. That's the thing I am. If I'm worried about this and how – I can't be worried about mm. it. Given what we've seen this year, how could I be worried about what I've seen the last – again, it's not just – The start last night. It's not just the start against the Kraken. He was good in that Detroit start as well. Now, you can quibble about a goal here or there, but he kept them in the game and gave them a chance to win. And guess what? Until this Leafs team is built like a Panthers team where you're paying the goalie $10 bucks, that's all you're ever going to ask of the guy. Occasionally, yes, be able to steal you a game, but more times than not, just give you a chance. And he's done that in every outing since he's come back. I just... Given the nature of goaltending, the exact reason why I feel, yeah, he can be all the way back. I, I don't think that week off is going to tank him, but I think momentum and being able to carry it forward is such an important thing. And I'd feel even differently about this if he had five or six starts under his belt. And he had come back a week or two ago as opposed to he's going to have the four starts under his belt. Then again, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that he gets time to refresh, reset, whatever it is players do during the all-star break. But I do think it's a bad thing that he doesn't get to keep the momentum of that going. It's not even like he's going to go to work. Like it's the all-star break. And yeah, he can go to the rink and get in his work if he wants. But that's not nearly the same as even like a full team practice or anything along those lines. So I agree with almost everything you're saying. I just B- hmm. Because I am who I am, and I worry about the sky <sighs> falling constantly, I have to throw I in mean, the caveat of I will make that determination the Tuesday
0: following the Avengers game. I mean, we, we we saw proof of concept with that though, with the the week and a half away with the Marlins that it came back and yeah, it, but yeah.
1: that but that did a one eighty on his form.
0: Yeah. Oh, I oh, see. Right. Oh, so, so it's, it's like, like a toggle the, switch. I don't know. Oh, okay.
1: It's <laughs> goaltending. I don't know.
0: I gotta be honest with you that, that when I'm watching a sporting event that I have a rooting interest in, yeah. I do this with the channel flipping. That I figure, like, if I flip away because oh, if there's okay. a commercial break, yeah. and I come back and yeah. things go differently than they were going before I flip, mm-hmm. I have to flip off and then am, flip back again.
1: Man, I am such a like sports juju guy. Like the other way, the other day, forget what leaf game it was, but my like. It was like late-ish in the second period, and my wife's like, "All right, Gord, like you got to go to bed." Brent, like, come upstairs, like in the intermission, whatever, and oh, then Brent the th- come upstairs
0: in the, the intermission, yeah, okay.
1: to to help with read your child all bedtime right, stories. Sure. Not that exciting, okay, sure, sure. Uh, okay. Uh, hey, I'm happy you think I'm that cool. That's all <laughs> I. That's all I can say about that. But. Then the Leafs immediately got scored on. And I'm like, ah, bedtime can wait. Get the kid <laughs> back down here. He's good luck. So I am all, yeah. I am all on board for like juju and channel flipping. Yeah. And I don't do it for like regular season games, but like mm-hmm. I've been known to. Organize a, organize a little seat swap. Oh in, yeah. in a moment of, yeah. of great peril, which mm. is let's be honest, every postseason moment mm. for the Leafs outside of that one John Tavares goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I mean I'm the, there
0: with you. The most extreme version of this I've heard of it. Uh, I haven't done it myself as far as you know. Taking a shower in between periods. I have okay.
1: not. I, I gotta say, I've never <laughs> ever done that. Um, yeah, no, angrily like smoking cigarettes outside oh, yeah. of a bar between periods. Sure. That's but that's just like a thing that has <laughs> yeah,
0: happened. That has nothing to do with change. J- the momentum
1: no, that's that just like everything, self-soothing that had everything to do with Nazem Kadri and Jake DeBrusk. yeah if I'm gonna
0: be perfectly honest <laughs> anyways all right uh by the way Leafs team save percentage mm. back over 900 901 with that incredible performance yesterday from Ilya Samson he keeps it up they're gonna be at a thousand by the end of the I know that's not how math works and they can't get no there. they literally they can never they can never only never only if get Shohei 1, Otani was a goalie mm. could they find a way um so that's not ideal like that's not that's not a really good formula to winning hockey games is like oh, giving up, up two on O's on a power play. No, it's not. But I will say, and the the goalie is a, is a contributing member of the team and, and he, he is a hockey player. And it's like, so you, funny how we talk about this. You're right to mention <laughs> yeah, it. <did>. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you are allowed to have like a one-off like that. <clears throat> You're allowed. Last I checked. And for all the, 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 60-plus-minute hockey games the Maple Leafs have played, and there's been a ton of them, how many times have they won a game or picked up points in a game Mm. because they've just gotten the uh, much better goaltending performance than the opposition? Now, not to say it hasn't happened. There have been moments. But, yeah, clearly when your save percentage is under 900, it's not happening very often. So I will say that you're allowed to have, like the the Oilers did in game number 14 of their 14-game winning streak against a bad Columbus Blue Jackets Mm -hmm. team, You got 40 minutes of Stuart Skinner saving you. You are allowed to have a one-off. Now, ideally, that would come after, like, a long, a prolonged run of of actually outplaying the opposition and picking up points in, I I was going to call it the proper manner. But, like, I don't want to offend goalies that much. But, like, yeah, yeah, the more sustainable manner. Mm -hmm. Right? But, no, one-offs like that. Are allowed. If for this team and and the the lack of success overall they've had, it, it it does stand out, but that is allowed. You're allowed.
1: Yeah, you totally are. I it's I was thinking about this. I'm trying to remember when the game was. I want to say it was on the weekend or I don't know, maybe it was earlier this week. Time is flat circle, second Matthew McConaughey reference of the hour. Uh, not even the hour, first twenty minutes of the show, twelve minutes of the show. But I, you know, I was watching the Jets and Sens. And guess what? And the Jets don't pick up forget forget two. They don't pick up a point in that game if right. Connor Hellubuck is not incredible. And, you know, the Sens have pieces, Sens give the least trouble on occasion. No one sits here talking about the Sens as world beaters. And guess what? No one made the Jets apologize for Connor Hellubuck having a good game. If Austin Matthews Yeah, don't get me wrong, when mm-hmm. it's a hat trick, like against the Flames and it's the sole reason they win the game, yeah, we do talk about it and paper overing mm-hmm. things. But at least don't have to apologize for Austin Matthews being on the team. Nathan McKinnon, he had four goals last night. Right? Anyone going to make the avalanche? Apologize for that? No. Say, that's not a winning formula. I mean, we all know it's not, but Mm -hmm. you, you can bank on it happening on occasion. And I just think that that's where this Leafs team has to realize where they're at. That until we see a, you know, you can, and I, again, I agree with you. Like, I do think we're mostly back to... You know, whatever the middle ground version of Samsonov as a Leaf goalie has been. I think mm-hmm. we're mostly back to that. But I think that this leaf team still is going to need to, until we see a long run of that, is still going to need to more often than not win games. I won't say in spite of their goaltending, but not because of it. Yeah, you, like
0: you can't, I don't think, go into any game no, thinking, same. this is, you know, our goaltender is going to save us in this thing. And like, correct, yeah. like you can have a different perception of, of where you were with Samsonov going into the season, but I think I have a pretty good idea mm-hmm. because... Everybody, like us included, at the beginning of the season, yep. after two Ilya Samsonov starts mm-hmm. to start the year against Montreal and what, Chicago, the second Minnesota. game of the season? Minnesota. We were talking about, oh, well, I mean, this is now Joe Wall has an opportunity to become the number one goaltender mm-hmm. for this team. And part of it was that he did take over in the postseason last yep. year. And while they didn't win the series against the, the the Panthers, he acquitted himself pretty well. And he had a, a pretty good limited track record at the the NHL. But for a guy that had the season that mm-hmm. he had a year ago and the pedigree that he had, it, for us to, to, as quickly as we did, and I think most people did, Pivot off of Ilya Samsonov. Just goes to tell you that this is not one of those guys. He's not a Conor Hellebog, He's not a UC Soros. He's not... Somebody with a prolonged track record record that you would bank on. And I mean, the Leafs told us explicitly that's not what they were going to do. They took him to arbitration instead of signing him to a multi-year extension. Yeah. Forget about what we were saying. Let's talk about the guy. And, you
1: know, I know he talks about goaltending the exact same way we do in terms of, I don't know, find a way to save one, but just listen to everything. Go back and listen to all the Sheldon Keefe scrums from the first week of the season. Second Joe Wall got in there, I'm not saying he was pouring dirt on Samsonov and saying, get this guy out of here. I need Marty Jones as my backup. That's not what he was clamoring for. But it was pretty clear and, you know, like he was never openly explicit about it. But just reading between the tea leaves, understanding what he's trying to get at, it was pretty clear that Keefe always felt more confident with Wall. As the guy there now, maybe part of that is the long-term plan. Part of that is that there is a guy who's going to have some track record possibly beyond this year. Part of it is maybe that Keith knew how Samsonov gets affected by things. And he knew there was no way arbitration was going to bode well for, Mm. for that player. There's maybe some element to that, but it was always in the cards that wall was ready to kind of take over. So I don't think anybody is sitting here saying that, it's you know if Samsonov continues to play you know forget this way because last night was was incredible and he was really good against Seattle but if he just continues to give you solid goaltending I don't think anybody looks at it as it's Joe Wall's net when he comes back but I do think most people will look at it as you know a not necessarily a completely open one maybe Samsonov has a you know an upper hand but it's a competition when Joe Wall gets back still I think
0: uh, I agree one hundred percent not many times will this Maple Leafs team. At one point, have a five power play advantage over the opposition. I now, didn't know what was happening. Yeah, th- I, I was going to say, how many times do they have five power play opportunities in a game? Actually, actually, in Vancouver, they had five power play opportunities as well. So it wasn't actually that that long ago, but it was five nothing. It was remarkable. <laughs> you just you don't see that in any hockey game, let alone a Leafs team that is among the the... Uh, they've received the fewest mm-hmm. power play opportunities in the entirety of the NHL over the last half decade or so. Uh, they Funny were how f- that works. Yeah, I, I know. But they were up 5 nothing in power play opportunities, ends up 5-2, and yeah, one of those is pretty significant, the end of regulation carrying over into overtime. <sighs> whatever. Whatever. No, actually not whatever. No. 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 Mm-hmm. I have watched
1: that game a billion times where the penalties don't even up and you say, all right, you know, you know, one's coming, you know, one's coming. But you know what also usually happens is if it's still a tie game, especially a zero zero one, when you get to the and I, again, if this is how the league's going to be officially officiated every night, I got no problem with it. But I watch hockey every night and guess what? A tie game with two minutes left, that play right there. Not getting called unless it's a 5-1 penalty discrepancy. Like, I'm sorry. Mm. And what do we hear all the time? Officials don't want to decide the game. Officials don't want to decide the game. Well, unless the Leafs have a penalty differential in this way, and then you got to call Kelly. And look, it was a trip. No one's saying it's not. But – I, I can and look like the Leafs got a good whistle last night. I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. But if we're going to do the thing where, well, you know, they got to do the even up. I don't know. I saw Adam Lowry sitting on William Nylander right in mm. front of an official with stripes and going, mm, all right, get up, because the Jets already had three or four minor penalties called against them and they weren't going to do it. So uh-huh. this is the thing that drives me nuts about this league, the game management of it all. Mm. It is the lack of consistency. And again, like I don't, I do not want to spend too much time on this. I do not want to belabor the point, but that call on young crock was infuriating to me, not because it wasn't a trip. It was a trip. It was in the defensive zone. I get it, but we can go and We can go through all the games in the NHL this year and find a hundred plays like that at that point in game with that game score, with that penalty situation. And guess what? Refs are swallowing those whistles hungry for them. And last night they're they're dying. Could not could not get to it fast enough.
0: You know what's more infuriating for me is when you have 40 plus million dollars worth of forward (laughs) on a first power play unit, and one you're one for your last 20, and the percentage is now well below what it was a season ago, where it was over 26%. It's now down to 23.7, and what are you three, six, seven, eight? You're ninth in the National Hockey League in power play percentage. At 23.7% and the aforementioned play of the game, you allow a shorthanded two on O like, yeah, no, this is, I mean, I've been watching hockey my whole life as of you and, uh, you know, the the, the players of the ice have been playing it their entire lives. Like everybody, I think to a man was like, I've never seen that before shorthanded two on O and. Kudos to Elias Samson. I mean, that's where you you get the the chanting. We played the the clip off of uh, the top of the show here. That's great. great. Uh, the Elias Samson uh, chant from the crowd. I, that was his crowning achievement. Might be if things continue in this in this fashion, the turning point of his season, maybe of his entire career. Honestly, but that's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing, in fact. And boy, this will be a topic of conversation in the city of Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk to our, our couple of hockey guests today about this very topic. So uh, stark was that uh, performance that the number one power play unit was benched. Uh, they returned to action in the third period, but yeah, they, 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 they missed the entirety of the, the next uh, power play opportunity, and they missed the first half of the, the next power play opportunity before finally getting the second half of that thing, and then again, the third period, they were back to action. But a power play that has not been good Um, hasn't generally been as abysmal as it was yesterday. Finally, some uh, accountability handed down
1: by the head coach. Yeah, Matthews and Marner went about five minutes, of getting on the ice. And that's not five real-time minutes. That's five minutes of gameplay. That is... These guys... This guy's played 25 minutes against the Kraken the other night, okay? Like, just to put that in perspective, there's only 60 minutes of a hockey game. They played nearly half of it the other day, and then they go five minutes without getting on directly after that gaffe? This is kind of what we've all been clamoring for. Everybody love, and hey, everybody, hand up, guilty as anybody, literally ask the GM before the start of the season, is Sheldon Keith allowed to go in the media and criticize these players? We all clamor for it. We all want it. It's the thing we all think that this group needs to get over the pinnacle, or at least one of the things. You don't have to be loud about it. You could just do it and be stark in front of all of us and let everybody see what happened right there. And Keith did get asked about it, but it was not a... I'm going to rip a strip off of my stars publicly. And you know, a little hard to do that when you win the game and one of them scores the overtime winner. I understand all this, but that is that that's what jumps out to me is that you really do like to see him holding stars uh, accountable. And you know, we all, we, we all can see the flip side of this where the Jets score in that run of play afterwards. And Keith goes, ah, crap. All well, right, load him up, double shift. It's time yeah. to happen. But this is the conversations we've had all year long about coaching for the moment, and coaching for the period, and yeah. coaching for the game, and but coaching I don't even, for the year. I
0: don't even. I don't give credence to that argument because here's the thing. Um, okay, so the argument would be: Hey, you're in a scoreless hockey game, and you need these two points because you are scrapping and clawing, and and maybe at the end of the season you'll have plenty of buffer between mm-hmm. you and the outside of the playoffs looking in. But right now. Well, yeah, you need points, and Sheldon Keefe especially needs points. So, despite the fact that you'd like to hold people accountable, they're uh-huh. your best opportunity to to score on the power play and give yourselves a lead against a good Jets team. Except they weren't. Like yeah. So, like, I, 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 I don't buy that argument. So, yeah. so, like, there's actually no argument against benching those guys in that moment, in the second period, for that power play opportunity. Because, one, yeah, you do show the rest of your group that nobody is – I mean, you can bench, you can send David Camp up to the oh. press box, and you can also remove your $40 million worth of, and it wasn't all of them because yep. uh, John Tavares was, I guess, uh, the only guy that got an opportunity on that 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 second power play that followed the the 2-on-0 shorthanded. Because he never cheats the game. Sure, but, I mean, he's also been held <laughs> yeah, accountable no, totally. in recent days For too sure. against the Avalanche and yep. third period, didn't get to play. Okay. So nobody nobody is uh no immune. cows. Yeah, yep. nobody's immune from from being held accountable. And two, I mean, you can't argue that it, it wasn't strategically the best move to to help you win the game because the guys that were on the ice previous didn't it's not like, oh there was the shorthand in two on 0 that interrupted this incredible no. flurry of chances in front of the Jets goal. No. they stunk and mm-hmm. have stunk for a week and a half now on the power play. Uh,
1: they were saying it's just a little disjointed after the game. Yeah, uh, it has no joints. There's no bones. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like a jellyfish it's just out there wobbling around. Invertebrate, but with no sting. That's the problem. It's like, I want one of those crazy jellyfish that'll sting you and hurt yeah. you. Man uh, of war. Okay, you... Good for you Box jelly I am always genuinely impressed by your ability to have just a little bit for me on stuff like that
0: Yeah, yeah, box jelly I think box jelly is the most uh, poisonous jellyfish there is Do they have those in the Caribbean? no okay, they're good. mostly uh, australia, so australia yeah I, all course, the I, animals even, that will die are, or, will, or make me die yeah that uh, will kill you are in australia that being said i'd like to go okay um seems like a really far
1: plane ride if we could do like australia mm. via vr i'm very into that sure, uh, you feel- can look at pictures of australia yeah but like with a headset on so i feel like i'm there maybe i can sure. fight a di- uh, the the kangaroo like that one guy who just punched it when he tried to kill his dog okay anyways yeah. but back to the point we were talking about which seems a thousand years ago the other thing about sitting those guys down is who benefits from it. It's a player who was going last night. Yeah, it's a player who factors in on the game-winning goal. Yeah, that's it's the, one that's of Adam Sandler's we talk about. one of Adam Sandler's worst movies. Little Nicky, not a fan myself oh. personally. Nick Robertson, though. He I thought you were gonna
0: say they were friends because he's like California like I didn't did they
1: know each other? Honestly, if you tell me Adam Sandler's friends with anybody, I will buy it. Yeah. It's like does this person play basketball or golf? They're probably a decent chance they're friends with Adam Sandler. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know about Nick Robertson's proclivities in either of those things. What I do know is last night. Gave you everything you wanted. We talk about it. Uh, You know, a budding, uh, a, a, a guy who seems to be kind of finally finding his foot. Because of the place on this team, there's never going to be the just open room of opportunity every single night. But on a night where your best players are scuffling in the time you need them the most... Keith sits him down. That's the guy who gets rewarded. And how can you not say it went to his legs? I thought he had a really strong game last night. This is coming off of the conversations we've been having about his kind of goal per 60 production, but also just like real live production. He's kind of climbing up the team lead in, in goals for a guy who barely plays, Honestly, which is it's remarkable.
0: En- it's embarrassing for the guys that he's uh, in and around and passing. Yeah, man. Goal total. Like, I love Matthew Nice. I really do. Like,
1: And obviously, <laughs> there's so much more to the player there than... Quite frankly, I think there is with Nick Robertson. Like there's a reason we talk about Net Matthew Nives as a guy who continues to get shots in the top six and Robertson is a guy who continues to not. There's there's reasons for this, but from a production standpoint, what do you think what do you think Nick Robertson would have if he was stapled to Matthews and Marner for, for a good chunk of it? It's like I'm not saying it's a better line. I'm definitely not not there yet, but mm. production wise, tell me you couldn't have popped a couple more in.
0: Yeah. Tyler Bertuzzi specifically, yeah, <laughs> that's embarrassing. Uh, and you can't fault Tyler Bertuzzi last night because he wasn't there, uh, and and as a result, yeah. There, there is no question about. Good luck to uh, him and his family whenever yeah. that baby does come. Yeah, uh, and and maybe that's it for him for the first half of the season because there is just one game remaining, Hockey Night in Canada against this very same Jets team that might have at least their best player, uh, Connor Hellebuck. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, you lose that game, no Connor Hellebuck, no Mark Scheifele, uh, Josh Morrissey gets hurt in the game. Like, it, it's just. It's, it's an funny. absolutely makeshift Jets team. Well, I was thinking about that
1: on the drive-in, and we did the same thing with the with the Kraken, and that's a little different animal of beating a deplenished bad team versus beating a, a deplenished good one. But And I know it's not apples to apples, but the Leafs are nails without Matthews. Like I forgot what the exact record is, mm-hmm. but it's incredible. Like they're the best team. If you just extrapolate it out to an eighty-two game season, they're the best team in NHL history without Austin Matthews in the lineup. Like it is remarkable the way they're able to rise the game to the equation. Now, again, it's not an apples to apples comparison because the Jets don't have two or three other, you know, ten million dollar forwards poking around to pick up the slack. And obviously, a goaltender is different. But we we talked about it in the pregame yesterday. It's like Bressois has really good numbers this year. Yep. He's got a nine twenty three save. Yep, that Jets team without Shifley for the last five games was still able to rack up wins and rack up points. So I'm not saying that it is a full 100%. Hey, you beat the jets. That's the third best team in the NHL, both in points and points percentage. It's exactly the same as if hell buck was there and Shifley's there. But this is like hockey is a weird sport in this way. And that it's not the NBA. Like, Mm. Yes, you Hold if on, you clip that. <laughs> hockey is not the NBA. I I, uh actually don't clip that. Give me the dry sidle for that. That's <laughs> yeah. what we need for that. That's a great observation great by observation. me. It really yeah. really is by me, but wh- you can and it's different if you're missing these guys for months at a time, although when did the least play their best defensive hockey last year? Was no it no without Morgan Ryan. Riley? it's a weird sport in that way that you take away somebody who should be the nucleus of everything. And mm. yeah, sometimes it craters like I'm not going to sit here and tell you that's never happened for teams, but it's remarkable how they're able to paper this over. And I don't put this on the Leafs. I don't put this on the jets. It's just kind of an NHL thing. And also Bressois, again, having a good year, not your typical backup goalie, but every time the Leafs face a backup goalie, they turn into George Vesna. Correct. So there's also that.
0: Yeah, but like you said, he's having a great season. He's a pending free agent, so it's a a good time to be uh, having a great season. Oh, and he had a good good game in
1: Toronto, too. That has to be worth, like, an extra 250K at least this summer.
0: Minimum. Uh, So, yeah, you mentioned it. The Leafs play very well without Austin Matthews. I think they're happy to have him, though. Scores number 39. Like, this is, I mean, this is... This is his year where it's just I, I we're now t- almost a half hour into talking about this leaf game oh. where he scores the overtime winner and it's his thirty ninth of Who the cares. season and it continues to lead the National Hockey League four more than Sam Reinhardt's thirty five but all of Sam Reinhardt's coming on the power play which is fine you're allowed to do that too but can like, you
1: just can you just eight? say that again I don't think people
0: like again eight. 15 of his 35 are on the power play for sam Reinhart, and yeah. for austin matthews nine of his 39 are right. on the power play i actually just
1: think a lot of people would be shocked to find out that sam Reinhart has that many goals like i think they know he's yeah. having a nice year i don't think they know he's second in the league in well <laughs>
0: yeah he's been he's been fuego and then behind him uh nikita, uh, nikita kucherov with uh 31 80 points uh, a far cry from austin matthews 57 because you know he decides to actually score the goals, and then instead of giving every—I mean, yeah. although there are some statistics that will tell you that his passing yep. has actually been incredible, It just haven't been finished uh, on the uh, on the uh, opposing end. But yeah, he's got 39. You want to know the pace update? Mm-hmm. Uh, 69 and a half. So oh, I guess that, Frank Saravelli, Frank Saravelli, we round that up to 70. For me, that's that's still 69 because yeah, yep. you don't get you you need a full goal for me to 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 consider that. On pace for seventy, because like if we get to if he does the exact same thing through game eighty-two, mm-hmm. he won't end up with seventy. He'll end up with sixty-nine, and like oh, game eighty-three, he would have scored his <laughs> seventieth. So no, sixty-nine is the pace. Okay, that all makes sense, but. I think he's the only guy in the league capable of this. What
1: if he shoots the puck so hard? And I've thought this is going to happen a few times that he rings it off the bar and it just breaks clean in half, and half the puck goes uh, in. That's a good point. That's sixty nine and a half right there. Mm, interesting. That's interesting possible. I don't think I don't think the league would count that. Just for what it's worth, I actually. That that actually does feel like a very leafy. I, I feel like I just put something in the ether that's going to happen like in a postseason game. And and I'm going to have to live a world where the half of the puck that didn't go in is going to be the reason the Leafs didn't win a series or something. Yeah, so bad job by me.
0: Can't say that I'm as well versed with the NHL rulebook to tell you exactly what would happen. Uh, in I, that know, instance. I know. I uh, know.
1: Whatever the worst thing for me it would happen. And that would be the Leafs not having that goal count.
0: That Lots of leaf conversation upcoming, but yeah, just uh, finally, uh, for this portion of the leaf conversation... Might might get back to them. uh, Yeah, we may. Um, Back into the top three in the Atlantic Division with 56 points. Now six uh, points back of the Panthers with one game in hand and 11 points back of the Bruins at the top of the Atlantic Division. They, They leapfrog the Lightning for third in the division as the Lightning 55 points, so they're one point back, but the Leafs have two games in hand on them. One game in hand on the Red Wings, who are three points back of of the Maple Leafs. All right. When we come back, will we be seeing NHL hockey in Salt Lake City upcoming in the not-too-distant future? Um, And Jim Harbaugh has a landing spot, and it's the place that I think we all predicted he would land in L.A. with the Chargers. That and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Big guests
1: and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper
0: and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. sports and five nine of the fan band and spring gunning so i'm i'm a hockey parent right i got two kids that are playing hockey. you are eight and a five-year-old I, I actually have to say i won't name names mutual
1: friend of ours i will name names sam mckee mm-hmm. said he saw like a clip of your kid and he's ripping around on the ice pretty good is yeah. what he said so just wanted to pass that compliment thank along you
0: Q. yeah and he i mean he was in my instagram dms saying the exact same look thing. at that so that's good no, he – he, and the 8-year-old, he enjoys playing hockey. Like, he has a passion for it. Now, I will say the 5-year-old has more innate physical ability, I wow. think. And, but not as passionate about it. But who knows? He's only 5. But here's the thing. It's really I'm,
1: starting that sibling rivalry off strong. Yeah. Just saying which one you think has more natural athletic proclivity. I'm <laughs> I, sure that won't, won't I, affect anything. I, I
0: may have even mentioned it. Uh, oh! <laughs> Not a boy Benny. I did it like, hey, hey, he's off to a better start than you were at that age, but you know, uh, who you, knows? Yeah, you could do that because
1: it's like my mom used to do that with me and my sister, like, you know, she mm-hmm. when she's five, she's mm. taller than you
0: were. And guess what? Guess who's taller now? <sighs> yeah. Me. And I, I what I just said <laughs> is probably not helping me make the case that I'm not a crazy hockey parent. Like okay. I, I have no illusions that either of my kids are have any chance of playing pro hockey. Okay. Until I saw this report, the NHL is still gonna—they're gonna expand beyond the thirty-two teams, right? Like this is—I think I made an offhand comment about this the other day about expansion and and the watering down of the play. Maybe I actually was with Bonkus on his show, but um, yeah, your okay. real show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I do one hour uh, a week on that show. You're, you're tryst with him every week. Um. So the NHL, like formally, the Utah. Uh, jazz ownership yeah. group has reached out to the NHL to start the process of inv- in investigating expansion. Now, there's a lot that goes into that because, like, there's some markets, specifically in Arizona, where the the the, mm-hmm. the situation has not been resolved. There, uh, they play in front of six people. Yeah, and you, and that's yeah. a sellout crowd. I, I I'm I'm sick and tired of the story, so I I don't have an update for you on like when the next vote is for wh- wherever I they're going to play. Okay. Ready? Tempe.
1: Ready? Not soon
0: enough. Anyways. So, yeah, the NHL, they like money. And well. The finger thing. Yeah. I love it. Well, in an overall sense, like there's a certain market uh, acquiring an NHL franchise and nobody showing up for and it losing money, like that hurts the sport in the long term. In the short term. Who doesn't want to sign up for whatever it is, like an $800 million mm-hmm. expansion fee from somebody? Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a sport. This is not like basketball or football or baseball, where you're you're picking from a pool of, of lots and lots and lots of people in North America, specifically. Mm-hmm. Well, when we we're talking about baseball and football, uh, although those sports are growing internationally. Certainly, and baseball, yeah. like in Latin America, but not not as much in Europe. Uh, but yeah, basketball Asia, is yeah. yeah, basketball is more a global sport. For I sure. would say yeah, it's a very limited crop of people who just play hockey. Yeah, they went to grow the game
1: in Sweden, a place that it's been growing yeah. for like fifty years. Okay, and
0: and I, I, I know you can you, you play indoors in an arena, so I guess climate doesn't matter, but I, it does still matter to some degree. You think? Uh, we look had at, a note to rink conversation. In look, look at some of the drag teams in the NHL right now. We got thirty-two of them right now. Thirty-two is too many. I got to tell you, thirty-two is too many. Hard to agree. Thirty-four is like outrageous. What what are we going to be looking at here? You know, when we're old and gray. I mean, I'm starting to get gray right mm-hmm. now. And we just talked about you know, the fact that every every time we see a Hall of Fame class go in, Gosh. and we were like, oh, we see the well, I saw the entirety of that that player's career. That you feel older and older and older. Like when we're 70, 80 years old, are we gonna be looking at the NHL having like forty teams and the the bottom of the barrel teams looking like something that isn't even professional hockey? Cause this is 32 teams is untenable. 34 is outrageous.
1: I certainly hope not, but it's been, you know, it's it this is this is questions I think a lot of people have had about the NHL, you know, for 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 a decade, for decades, you know, growing the game. It's conversations we all have. It's Pennywise, pound foolish. You know, I make the case about the salary cap all the time that it is Pennywise, pound foolish. You know, owners have cost certainty. And by the way, that's gone That's gone away. Like the idea of cost certainty because you have a hard cap, mm-hmm. uh, but any team worth their salt has a guy who gets hurt and you just have to put him on LTIR and go spend that money anyways because guess what? It's a cap league. You got to spend to the cap. So that... There are many times where they've done this and said, oh, this is what's good for us right now. Be it cost certainty with a cap, be it taking an expansion fee. It's a watered-down league, man. There's – there, and it's funny, right? We all go back when there were less teams. We see the clips of, like, Gretzky scoring on goalies with fake – but I don't know. Is it going to go back to looking like that with mm-hmm. some of those guys playing? Like, I'm half-joking here, but – The league, every league is just, especially team sports, you know, individual sports. You can make an argument of, you know, have as many people in there as possible, but team sports, Mm -hmm. the fewer of that there, there's a reason, you know, for all you like soccer fans out there, not me so much, but it's like, you love the world cup. You love champions league because the pool gets super small and it's Mm -hmm. all the actual best players. I'm a golf fan. There's a reason we love majors. Yeah. You get your like Cinderella story every once in a while, but guess what? It's all the best guys. Competing. You know why we love the Stanley Cup playoffs? I mean, because of grit and passion and broken teeth and broken bones and all that stuff. Yeah. But it's because half the league goes away and it's just good teams playing every night. Mm-hmm. So the idea that that is the, the, say what you will about hockey, I think that is still the thing hockey fans kind of hold up the most about the sport is our playoffs are the best. They're the hardest. It's the toughest trophy to win. And you don't have to agree with that. But I think that is something that is such a core tenant to what hockey is specifically the NHL and you get more teams you just water it down and it is it is again I go back to where I started penny wise pound foolish
0: uh it's just it's it's going to be harder to talk to the crazy psycho hockey dad and say like you're a kid so you're, not. Ki- you're you, he's come on like even uh, it's the one percent of the one percent of the one percent that makes the national you get hockey. Rid of those one percent, yeah. Now. It's like well, it's like one like, percent of, <laughs> like of the one percent. It's like one percent of the two percent. Yeah. Uh, could you? Could your kid play on the fourth line of the thirty forty second team in the <laughs> NHL? I don't know. Uh, last one on this is that. Okay, I, I like. Salt Lake City better as a an NHL locale than Arizona. Like at least there is like there's a history there, and it's the scene of the triumph in 2002. Where Mario let the pass go through his legs. Yeah, at least you know the early stages. We're gonna see a lot of you know replays of of that specific goal. Well, like we will
1: but mm-hmm. Gary will have that black and no, we won't cause it's the Olympics and that oh, right. stuff you is can't, black no, you boxed. Can't. Yeah, you're right. It's not, it's never to be seen again. Mm-hmm. It's only the greatest moments in our country's sporting history. Heaven forbid we get to watch it occasionally. Uh, so Jim
0: Harbaugh has a, a landing spot and it's in uh, LA with the chargers. The, the, I think the place that most people anticipated he, he would end up even, a lot of people. even before there was a, a vacancy there, right? Like that you could, you could connect the dots. Um, Jim Harbaugh has seemingly navigated his career perfectly. You know, there's mm. uh, this is not an obvious comparison, but okay, the guy I, I was thinking about so excited in in thinking about the way he's he's done it with his career. And it's only been a couple of stops where for Jim Harbaugh it's been now three or four. Uh John Herdman has like figured out mm. when to leave at the perfect time, leads the the women's program yep. to heights they'd never seen before, rejuvenates it jumps to the men's program, takes him to a world cup for the first time in 30 plus years. Pops
1: off at the mouth about Croatia in
0: there. Yeah, they have, they're just on the verge of falling off a cliff. He says, thanks. I'm out of here. See yo. And we'll see how it goes with TFC. But like that guy has navigated his career very, very well. Jim Harbaugh starts his head coaching career at Stanford with, with Andrew Luck Mm -hmm. departs at the perfect time as college football coach of the year. And joins a Niners team that immediately makes an NFC championship game. And then in his second year, a Super Bowl. And then departs before things get really, really bad. But Mm -hmm. they're eight and eight. He finishes 44 19 and one in his four seasons. Goes to Michigan, where it's a slow build, but three consecutive conference championships culminating in a national championship. And now he joins a Chargers team that has all the pieces, by which I mean one specific piece. piece. (laughs) That is the it's most the important batters, yeah. when it comes to winning in the NFL, the quarterback, and and we'll see how great Justin Herbert can be. This is now like we we get to judge him for real. It, it just it's a, it's a well crafted career arc. If you're Jim Harbaugh,
1: yeah, it it, it certainly is. Uh, you want to talk about getting out of dodge at the at the right time? I mean, Saban retires. The name and image and likeness stuff obviously has kind of completely changed the landscape of, and mm. not that. Not that a school like Michigan is forlorn because players can get paid now. I think it's actually kind of working out well in their favor. But you saw the thing that happened with the signs uh, stealing scandal Mm -hmm. this year. And I forget who the Connor Stallions. Yes. uh, But I wasn't going to mention him. I forget who the coach who filled in for Harbaugh was. And he was like crying on the sideline after they won without him. Yeah. It's kind of perfectly timed it out. But if there was and it's not a fork in the road moment because you're allowed to have, especially when you've had the success he's had, you're allowed to have a stop that doesn't go perfectly like that's it's not that this is gonna you know change his legacy but there's no excuse in San er, San Diego I know I, I almost, almost did, did it. it you just go Chargers smart yeah there's no excuse with the Chargers because yeah okay maybe you can have a year where Things build, and hey, the the one thing he has going for him is that no one expects him to win the division because the Chiefs are there. But oh, what a division! Sean Payton, yeah. Jim Harbaugh, Andy Reid, yeah, pretty pretty good. Uh, Nate Hackett does not belong, uh, so pretty good for him that he's no longer in, in Denver. But yeah, I think I think you look at it and you say that this is a moment where again the worm isn't going to turn on what Jim Harbaugh is or how he's viewed, but there's not. You know, I, there's not necessarily a net under the tightrope here because he has the quarterback and everyone Mm -hmm. thinks, and I, I'll put myself in that camp, but until we see it, I don't know that we know it. Everyone thinks that's a quarterback that you can win with, but he got outdueled by Trevor Lawrence in Mm -hmm. the last time we saw him play a playoff game. So I think there's questions about Herbert, but if it doesn't work out, I don't know that we immediately go, well, that's on Herbert. I think we put it a little bit on Harbaugh.
0: I guess. But to me, the pressure is more on Herbert than it is on Harbaugh. We've seen Har- uh, Harbaugh take Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith to, to great destinations, right? Yeah. In, in at San Francisco with the 49ers. And those guys said moments, certainly. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's looking back at those seasons as like, Hall of Fame worthy, MVP worthy seasons. Like they each had yep. their, their moments and and both had, you know, their strength came in their mobility. Mm-hmm. But Jim Harbaugh has been to a Super Bowl, right? Like, and like I said, stepped into San Francisco and immediately yep. is in an NFC championship game. He, he can coach him up. He's won a national title in Michigan. I think... Jim Harbaugh's bona fides like quite obviously are 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 more uh sustained yeah. and achieved than anything Justin Herbert has done as far as you know he's putting up some pretty good statistical seasons. No, I think all of the pressure and all of the evaluation will come on the part of us seeing if Justin Herbert was truly held back by just some institutional ineptitude with that Chargers organization or whether He's actually not as good as, as most people think he is. Yeah, uh, there there's definitely something to
1: that. You, you make a good point. I guess, like, I mean, like anything, it all depends on the form. The failure comes, right? Like, if guess what? If Herbert throws a, a dak uh pick to end things at the end of a season or a playoff run or a game they needed to have, we're not putting that on Jim Harbaugh. We're not doing that. But mm. if Herbert continues to show flashes and show moments and it is a – still isn't working it still isn't again like it's not like anybody expects this to be a 12 win team next year mm-hmm. it could very well be but i think that i i i just think that the stakes are a touch higher for harbaugh than they've been at his last couple other stops
0: but how would you evaluate the failures with that chargers team in recent vintage under justin herbert has it been him no, no doubt there's been moments where he's had an opportunity to to put it on his back and yeah. and get over that hump right I'm but a, we're we're talking about an organization that ha, has brought in oh, yeah. defensive-minded head coaches yeah. and have just been an absolute nightmare on the defensive side of the ball. Just an absolute nightmare when it comes to in-game management. Yeah, but, I mean,
1: the thing I keep coming back to, and again, like, I'm so conflicted on it, is it wasn't, like, I'm not absolving him of this. But it's not Brendan Staley's fault that Justin Herbert couldn't do a thing in the second half of that play. And again, I know I'm talking about a playoff game from two years ago. But guess what? That's the only game that he's played in that's ever mattered. Okay. And he got outdueled by Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Who, again, fine. Not the second coming like we were all told he was supposed to be. Fine. You know, you look what CJ Stroud did with that Texans team and everything we said about Trevor Lawrence, we gotta just throw it away. It's like maybe he could build it back up, maybe he can get there. But I still look at that game and go, okay, yeah, institutional failings. Okay, be special, make Mm -hmm. a play. You're Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert. You have the arm to do it. Everybody says you have all the tools. I see it. So that's where I keep coming back to. It is uh, I'm happy he's there. Because I think unlike, and not that he was ever connected to this place, but unlike uh, Falcons, where it just feels like, man eh, plug him in, he's going to go get his 12 wins, who knows who the quarterback is, and we'll see what happens there. I think there's a lot of variance that could happen with this Chargers team, and I'm very excited for it.
0: Yeah, the Falcons uh, still have an opening. The Panthers still have an opening. Falcons interviewing Vrabel. Y- twice yeah. now. Uh, the Seahawks still have an opening. The Commanders still have an opening. Now, like, all of these teams, say, say for maybe... Seattle are below the Bill Belichick brand. We only mm. know of one place that he has interviewed, and that's in Atlanta, but I haven't heard about no. a second interview in Atlanta. And now, this report out of Mike Florio that like he doesn't want to play in a big market because he doesn't want the, the leaky leaks mm-hmm. and the sources, the unnamed sources yeah. uh, coming from within his coaching staff here. Again, like we're the longer this goes, and mm-hmm. like I. I <laughs> I, I I find it hard to believe that him and David Tepper are going to come to some uh, mutual understanding that he ends up in Carolina. And boy, you want to talk about below the Belichick brand? And mm-hmm. yeah, this is a guy still chasing history. Like you still need to rack up wins. And yep. despite the division there, I don't I don't think you know, Bryce Young is ready to, to win maybe ever. But like the the longer this goes along, it's it's hard. It's like it's both harder for me to see Bill Belichick ending up in a desirable locale. And then beyond that, I back in the big chair in the NFL again, like it's quite possible. I think that we never see him as a head coach of an NFL franchise again. It's possible.
1: I still think that it is not a kiss of death if he goes this cycle without landing somewhere, because what do we see all the time in sports, especially with coaches? It's, it's uh, it's the pendulum. It swings all the way one way. It swings all the way the other. I can easily see a world where, you know, I don't have the name off the tip of my, Oh, well actually I will again. I'm going to, I'm going to nuke this lion's offensive coordinator. Cause his name keeps coming, but it's like, go hire Ben Johnson. He's the sexy OC and he's the play caller guy and he's young and he's got a bunch of bright ideas and it turns out terribly. Mm-hmm. And then they say, you know what? what if we just went and got the football football guy that ever football guy? And I guess it's the second most, cause I actually think that guy's Jim Harbaugh, but go get Belichick. And the other thing I'd say about the brand aspect of it all is I agree with you that those do all feel a bit beneath him with one caveat. And I know they're not what they used to be called, but like this week, the sleeping giant that is mm. Washington. Like that's a real football market. Those fans care. And the other thing, as I say, a real football market is, You know, he doesn't want to be in a big market. Is there actually such a thing as a small market in the NFL? Like, if you're a player who Mm. wants to get brand deals or whatever, yeah, you don't want to be a Carolina Panther. But the idea that Bill Belichick is going to go somewhere and there's not going to be reporters crawling all
0: over the place, he could... And I think Cam Newton did pretty well building his brand in Carolina also. Yeah, well,
1: he could go coach the Rough Riders. Sorry, CFL. Yeah. He could coach the Red Blacks. Mm -hmm. It's funnier when there used to be two Rough Riders in the league. But there'd be reporters crawling there Mm -hmm. uh, all over the place. So there's no world where Belichick goes anywhere and it's quiet.
0: Mm. Uh, Agreed. All right. When we come back, it's never quiet here around the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Uh, who have now won two straight, by the way. Uh, getting their best goaltending performance of the season out of Ilya Samsonov yesterday in a one nothing overtime victory over the Winnipeg Jets. We'll talk to Nick Kiprios, Real Kipper and Bourne, next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.